0: Hey guys, I need a new start to my podcast other than I know it's been a while since I posted a podcast, but I did you one better today. I am breaking in this long podcast into two parts and we're talking, I'm with my husband and we're talking about all kinds of things, what's happening up in Canada, the craziness there. We're going to walk through some history of Hillary and how she relates to what's going on in Russia and what's happening in Russia. There's some news as of just yesterday. So hope you learned something. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, cause we're gonna laugh and we're gonna learn. And above all else, we're gonna gain perspective. So today's a little bit of a mixed bag. I want to touch on some, a few topics and I'm here with my husband, Tom, and he's going to give us some backstory and some history because he's really good about knowing all the facts and I try to keep it a little bit more. Let me just connect some dots for you. So this requires a little bit of deep diving to understand some of the things we're going to talk about. But before we dive into Hillary and Putin... I want to talk about what's happening in Canada and the craziness that's going on, and I'm hopeful that more and more people are catching on to what has been going on. Obviously, I've talked about it now on more than one podcast, but the trucker convoy is such a... I I see it as such an important thing because there are very few ways that you can be effective and actually create change whilst being peaceful and not resulting in war and because we are on we are just at each other's throats there's such a high level of angst in this country and in this world and between countries and all of this stuff it is really remarkable that there is such a peaceful protest happening and the way that it is being dealt with and what's specifically noteworthy about Canada and the trucker convoy is Trudeau only at the beginning of his term, and you can interject if I'm missing misquoting this, disarmed Canada, which is a classic or made them turn in their ARs, their assault rifles. And I actually just read the quote today. It was something along the lines of, these are... Weapons that are designed solely for killing as many humans as possible, and there's just no place for them in Canada. Ironically, the exact weapon he's talking about are now strung around the police officers' necks that are disbarring this just insanely peaceful protest in Canada. So it's a little bit ironic, but there is, a again, another parallel to Hitler in this action, because that is exactly what he did a year or two before he started to get aggressive and start invasions. And so it's something to take note of. And it's something that sets us apart in America, something that I've always thought, you know, this is why the Second Amendment is such a hot topic and why people really cling to it, because this is the thing that keeps the Trudeau-like governments from overstepping. And over the matter of a week, you guys, like one week's time, we've seen very mild to no action from the government. If anything, like a, an attempt to cover up this peaceful protest even happening, it was like d- ignored by the media. Justin Trudeau ran away. He had fake COVID and was hiding. So at the beginning, it was like, we're not even gonna acknowledge this to such an abrupt turnaround where now we have militarized police, you know, breaking up these protests, arresting people, fully sanctioning their bank accounts, Having been charged with no crimes, it's, it's insane what he's able to do. But of course, step one was he disarmed.
1: They just voted to keep the emergency powers too. Now that you've in though, Canada, yeah, uh, 185 to 151 voted to keep the emergency powers act indefinitely, even though the protest has been broken up. So, the
0: protest in Ottawa, I'm sad to say has been disbanded it's they've they're going home or being arrested or what have you dispersed yes i mean it's insane what um, horses running over people weapons that are used against the crowd i mean all kinds of stuff is going on and they did what is similar trudeau did what is similar to our insurrection act here in the united states which would essentially grant him like powers that supersede any you know constitution or what have you it kind of allows for a state of martial law
1: to exist or even the patriot act because the it's almost really more patriot act because patriot act allowed for like uh anybody affiliated financially affiliated with terrorist organizations to have their accounts frozen so sure. it's a, among like a million other things patriot act is not one thing but it's really more almost the patriot act and that was all supposed to be for 9-11 and then, of course, 21 years later, we were still at war and still.
0: Well, now you the know, terrorist is the mom at the school board meeting, according right. to our <clears throat> Department of Defense. So it is just crazy what's happening in Ottawa, but.
1: And Canada's been extremely limited in their firearm ownership. And they do not have a Second Amendment the way that the United States does, a protection of the right to bear arms the way that the United States does. Um, granted, a lot of people think that Canada has been really... Like, you're not allowed to own a gun. You're absolutely allowed to own guns. Canadians, if you... Uh, I won't act like I know a bunch of Canadians, personally, that own firearms, but uh, they're outdoorsmen, like just like Americans are. They're hunters. uh They're recreational shooters, just like Americans are. Um, But there is a little bit of a difference, and this is speaking as an American, um, in regards to that beyond... American gun culture is beyond recreation and uh, hunting.
0: Well, because of the Second Amendment, we are constantly aware and reminded of the fact that the, we have these guns for a very specific reason and they are they were protected for a specific reason you know and that's a part of our culture we've talked about that before too and that's well, absolutely
1: the, the Canadians after having uh, a couple two I believe I could two that I'm aware of mass shootings um, neither one that I'm aware of was was an AR15 it's very similar to allow they Ar-15 has gotten a bad name in the United States, even though it's not actually often used in crimes. But I believe it was a Ruger Mini-14 in one of them. But basically, they, similar to a lot of the, the liberal, uh, the left of America, wanting to ban quote-unquote assault rifles and whatever that means, they had a pretty severe, uh, essentially what equates to an assault rifle ban, where you had a certain amount of time to turn them in. And then it became like a, a felony kind of thing. And so, I don't remember the numbers, but tens of thousands, if not 100 plus thousand of the rifles that qualified or fell under that category were turned in. Turned in.
0: And now we see why Justin Trudeau made up a reason to do that and exactly why I'm sure they all wish they had him now. Because there's not a lot you can do Once a government starts to act the way that this government is acting and it's extending into, you know, America in the ways that people in America who donated money to support the truckers are now being persecuted and sanctioned because from Canada because of supporting terrorism. And you guys have to remember that we have gone and invaded countries for much less <laughs> of an offense than than what's happening in Canada and or Australia as another example. It is just hilarious that we have played this like moral police, you know, in our 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 foreign policy if you will. And now we're just not even worried at all about what's happening just north of us on the other side of our border, but What that trucker convoy created was momentum and an awareness of our individual power. You know, like we've said before, the individuals, when joined together, they actually did get work done. Despite it now being essentially gone and over with, the protest in Ottawa, it's still happening all across Canada. There's more protests happening and growing all across Canada, which has now expanded to many other countries, and I just talked to a friend of mine today in Northern California where there was a large amount of trucks that left to join a convoy that is starting here in the United States tomorrow or the next day out of Southern California driving across country and it's Freedom Convoy 2022, so follow them, find them on social media, figure out what's going on, support them, pray for them. It, it's happening here. It's an, it's an awesome movement. It's a little bit different because... Tom was talking to me about like Ottawa is a city like Nashville or New York or whatever where parking your truck in the city you're actually clogging up the commerce of that city whereas DC is a district you know it's not really like the thing that it does is run our government you know that's like the purpose of the district so it won't clog up the way
1: it may or may not we'll see we'll but see it's, there's I think gonna it's be still effective uh, we're will very be made. very excited um very much uh in support of Anybody who's willing to set down their life and go stand up, especially peacefully, um, you know, and even going back to the the what your remarks about owning firearms, you know, and it's it's not that Canadians should still have those firearms so that they could rise up violently. It's that there so much has not happened in this country because men are armed and can stand up and the very threat of that force is a deterrent the same way that the we don't get attacked by Russia or China or you know enemy countries that's so much less likely because of the threat of the force that the United States can exert and yeah it's not about just it's not about violence. I, I mean, you look at... at.
0: It's just like the Cold War. Knowing that they had nukes and we had nukes prevented anyone from using nukes because it was like, if we go down this road, if we start this, it's not going to go well and there's an understanding of that. It's exactly...
1: Yeah, if, if your hands are tied behind your back, it's a lot easier for someone to punch you in the face and get away <laughs> with it. And that's exactly what has happened in Canada is there is far less of that deterrent but
0: because god is good and sovereign i think that because they are unarmed because there has been no violence because it has been just a so dramatically peaceful protest from the start it is putting such a magnifying glass on what trudeau is doing and the essentially unprovoked acts that he is now you know committing against his own people and the powers that he's grabbing with no justification. And there's, he It's this is not just me saying there's no justification. It's like agreed upon. There's no justification. Well, That's
1: probably the biggest victory is that they, this peaceful act has drawn the fascism out into the streets, drawn the tyranny out from behind the, out of the shadows into the, the, The light, you know, and there's just no denying it. And it's like all this, so many people saying, you know what this leads to, you know what this leads to, but being told to shut up and put your mask back on or, you know, whatever that this is all for your safety. And then this has, this act of peaceful protest has, has revealed, ripped the camouflage off the obvious authoritarian tyranny fascism craziness and there's no hiding it anymore trudeau is everything that his critics uh said he was and and it's not it's important to note it's not just trudeau 185 of their parliamentary other uh ministers voted to retain this emergency uh, uh whatever it is act you know so it's it isn't just trudeau it's this entire uh the movement that is pro-lockdown uh, and control. government control and stripping the rights of the individual—it doesn't. It really—it it spans borders, it spans continents, it spans party lines. It basically comes down to uh, individual freedom or statists, and a statist is someone who believes the state is the ultimate authority
0: or that i have the right to or i support the state wielding its authority against the people i disagree with you know it's just it, and if we think that we are not that's not coming here or we it could never happen here or whatever i'm sure the Canadians did this and went to the streets because they thought the same thing we are all deceived if we think that man is not corruptible to this degree and to this level or that they are not already as part of the plan so i mean it's hard because it does feel i've been called a conspiracy theorist obviously you always have been your whole life and it's just the irony of this whole thing the way that it's played out it's like man it truly is that meme that's like the difference between a conspiracy theory and truth is about 6 months and now it's even faster it's like about 6 days <laughs> like the, the distance between a conspiracy being born and like the truth of that you know being revealed so we're excited about it happening here in the united states very prayerful there we are just there is angst we are just coming we are not going to just slip back into normal i just really don't think that's the way that this is going to go but for sake of time, I'm going to leave that subject there, and I do want to transition because one of the things that I wanted to talk about over the whole last week that I just haven't been able to sit down and do a podcast is this revelation of Hillary Clinton and her um, John, or John Durham. What's his name? John Durham. Durham's his last name. I think it's John Durham. Can't think of it. He is a federal prosecutor. What is his title?
1: I guess i I mean
0: i'm not i'm losing my brain at this late hour but he has been investigating the russia collusion for a long time john durham i win the day thank you he has been investigating you know where did this whole us attorney u.s attorney where did this whole russia collusion thing come from and who is Culpable for this fraud brought on the American people, right? We now know, just to nutshell it as best I can, during the 2016 election, Hillary accused, or the Democratic Party accused Trump of colluding with Russia to basically win the election, and that that Russia, you know, interjected or interfered in our election, which resulted in Trump winning. And this was uh, there was dossiers formed, which are essentially a just a group of evidence, like a, a folder of information is a dossier uh, that supposedly proved that this happened and that allowed for issuing of what's called a FISA warrant, which is essentially a, a suspension of somebody's ability, you know, their protections against search and seizure. And now you have the full weight of the state that come, can come and investigate every ounce of your life because somebody said you did something. Well, all of this has been revealed and this is a huge deal because Trump was impeached over this and it was then revealed that the dossier was forged which allowed for the FISA warrant to invade in his you know his privacy essentially was it was all based off of forged or incorrect or just absolutely made up information. And this is important because Yes, he was the president, but he's also just a private citizen. And if somebody or a group of somebodies hates you enough to make up information to create a dossier which allows for a FISA warrant, which allows for the full weight of the government to come and breach every ounce of your security or security privacy, that is alarming that that is as simple as it is, that that's how easy it could be. So all of that was revealed towards the end of Trump's presidency, which is just gr- satisfying in certain ways because he was impeached for this offense, which ultimately there was no offense. Like it's just hilarious. All I, I say all that to say the John Durham investigation is ongoing and there's more and more people that are being put under uh, investigation and, and indictments being brought and, Just recently, in the last week, it was revealed that Hillary is now under investigation for... And it's not she's under investigation. They have evidence that she spied, she, her campaign, I should say, because Hillary will never see a day behind bars, I'm sure of it. But her campaign spied on Trump as a personal, you know, his his private citizenry citizenry as well as his campaign. So... the White House was bugged, essentially his private residence, Mar-a-Lago, his campaign headquarters were, he was essentially spied on by other private citizens that had the weight of the Democratic Party behind them. This is, it's, Remarkable because it goes into the White House it's not just when he was running for president it was after he was in the White House this continued and it begs a million questions like how the heck do you get the ability to to inter you know receive or intercept emails or phone calls or whatever from the President of the United States seems like an outrageous breach of our national security if just a regular democratic campaign can do it you think our foreign enemies can't do it i mean it's just like opens a can of so many questions
1: but the fisa warrant is essentially it's a hillary's connection it, what it means is that essentially the democratic party weaponized the united states intelligence community to spy on A seated presidential candidate and a seated president. That is unprecedented and should be relatively obviously extremely egregious.
0: It's treason.
1: But it's also, this, this has to be said for those people who wonder like, or don't wonder, but deny that there's such thing as a deep state or what is a deep state this is those things. there's pow- Trump was a populist who was not po- popular with the establishment. They did not want him in every I mean this, this shouldn't be news to anybody the the Republican party themselves did everything they could to keep him from becoming the nominee and that is there were com- there was complicit uh, elements on both sides. it was not even just the Democratic Party, even though Absolutely. the culprits that so far are red-handed, the the hand that was wielded against him was the Democratic Party.
0: It just is, you know, I know that there's so much um, hatred for Donald Trump, and I understand that. And it's easy to go, well, he deserved it, or he, you know, we thought he was doing malevolent things or, or whatever, you know, you want to say, but it's always just, if the tables were turned, could you imagine if Donald Trump today, it was revealed that he spied on Hillary Clinton as president, everyone would lose their ever loving mind. It would be on the news for two years straight. It would never be forgotten. He would be executed. I mean, it would, he would be held to the highest level of whatever the punishment would be for that. And it's not even making mainstream news that this has been revealed. This is just so unsettling. And I I know that Hillary was also a wildly popular candidate. And, you know, I, I always thought she was just the most evil person ever, but there was a couple of Key things that I want to remind everybody of, of where this particular woman sits and her, her whole, her husband, the whole thing, but like, I'm like this, she is like evil incarnate, like demons and devil. I mean it like evil. I wanted to go back through just a couple of key moments where this has, this is revealed to us even before she was a candidate and even before, like when she was our secretary of state under Obama Mm -hmm. and then when she was running for president and now this, after she lost the presidency, there's like these three key moments and I want to go over the first two, but this being the third that she is now revealed to have spied on a sitting president and i want to remind everybody of watergate and how big of a deal that was that nixon was basically caught spying on i don't even know what he was what was he doing what was the who was he spying on
1: oh honestly i forget right now but uh yeah
0: but it was I, so bad that he resigned immediately it and it was like a huge it, deal
1: it was a little different though too in that he was the president doing it sure you know so sure, it's like inverse. that's fair. it would be it would be like, and Lord knows they wouldn't have had any mercy on Trump if he was doing these same things to Biden. God, no. To Biden's campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that would be more like... And what's funny heat-ish. is like,
0: he knew it and he said it in interviews all the time. They're spying on my campaign, which everybody was like, he's a lunatic. He's a crazy person. And there's now these memes like Trump was right about everything. <laughs> like It's, I mean, it's just, like, again, it's funny it's not funny, but like everything he said, actually is true. Everything he claimed actually is true. You know, like well, it this, has been revealed to be true.
1: This would be a good time too for the depending on whose ears are hearing this. Like Wendy and I are actually really, I would say, like resistant Trump supporters.
0: I wouldn't even call myself a Trump supporter. I I'm agree with that. a Trump voter. Once I will say there that. There you
1: go. Exactly. <laughs> so that exa- that that's well said. Where what what I have perked my ears up and what draws me to his defense is I have been very keenly aware of the bureaucratic mechanisms of the deep state and when I saw Trump appear as a, an enemy of the entrenched system of DC I said okay I'm, my, the I'm, enemy I'm watching. of
0: my enemy is my friend
1: right it is definitely that like I don't have a love r- love relationship with Donald Trump um as, as a man you know like it's not that as I don't think he's impressive as a, a person necessarily or any of that I
0: did agree with um, a lot he did as president
1: yeah I, policy wise I, I honestly did but what what really draws the reason why we're having this conversation right now is not to to prove to someone that Donald Trump is a good guy no it's it's to dis Be to demonstrate the corruption of the system overall. Is that fair?
0: And the the reasons most people vehemently hate Donald Trump are largely based on lies.
1: Vehemently, vehemently, vehemently. I like that one. Venomously. Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking. I was like, venomously,
0: vehemently. How do you say it? Vehemently. Vehemently.
1: I wasn't sure whether to let that slide or... No, I saw like his smirk. I wasn't going to
0: let it go. <laughs> Life with Wendy. My her. listeners are like, oh, she makes supports all the time. It's fine. So a lot of the things that people hate about Trump are not actually true things that he did or, you know things that he said or they've been taken out of context, he has been on the receiving end of one of the wildest smear campaigns ever known to man. And it's really quite easy to just reveal, like, look and see what did he really say, what was the context of what he said or whatever, and dispel all of it. But nobody does that. People just receive this propaganda. And there's a hatred of this man based on lies. That's another piece. So I do want to go back to when Hillary was Secretary of State under Obama... And what went down in Benghazi, because this was so absurd and, and what it led to with like, I mean, these are the things that we know about Hillary. If you fly by and barely pay attention, you know, the, maybe the term Benghazi, you maybe don't even know what happened or what that means. You know, something about hammers and emails in a basement. I mean, it,
1: Hillary could be an entire podcast. I mean, every, everyone has probably heard of, you know, like the amount of people that Clintons have possibly had murdered or whatever, but the people who
0: are going to testify against the Clintons suicide themselves, alarmingly close to trial. Let's just say that
1: they managed to shoot themselves twice in the back of the head.
0: Like at an alarming rate, At
1: an alarming rate. Like if any of my friends had two people in their lives who that (laughs) happened to, I would be very suspect. I would not
0: be friends with them and certainly wouldn't vote for them for president. The
1: Clintons have just... And I'm, I'm being very candid and, and there's just an alarming amount of death. Coincidence. That, that follows their scandals around. And that's just That's it. just the thing. You but know,
0: we're not even going to go there. I want to tell us Google what... Google Vince Foster. Vince Foster. I'll be doing that later. Tell us... And as much of a nutshell as you can, what happened with Benghazi when she was Secretary of State?
1: Well, in darn it, I forget the year, 2013 or something. But uh, the Arab Spring, which was can I give my version of it or sure. the Zero Hedge version? Um, the in Arab Spring, the CIA, U.S. intelligence community um, pushed. Some Arab uprisings in northern Africa, from uh, Europe—I'm sorry, uh, Europe—from Egypt to Tunisia to Libya, um, kind of across the top of Africa along the southern Mediterranean, and uh, regime change all the way across the board there. Um, Muammar Gaddafi, which was the leader, longtime uh, dictator, not a good guy of Libya. Uh, was also overthrown, and then all of his the Libyan army's arms, not all of them, but a huge amount of them were taken by uh, the us intelligence community covertly and provided to Syrian rebels, which is what they were labeled at the time, um, which were ISIS. And when people say, like, Obama created ISIS or, you know, and you think that's just this, like, outlandish, like, Obama's a Muslim crazy talk. Like, well, that is crazy talk, but, like, the part where our government, take Obama out of it, our government created ISIS is actually uh, a provable fact. Like, very provable. And so we use the Arab Spring as cover uh used Libyan arms because when you're gonna fund a giant uh terrorist organization, you can't ship them American goods, right? You have to find an organic way to get them their stuff and uh
0: similar things happened in Afghanistan recently we might say
1: we will those arms will be turning up in all sorts of places for the next couple decades. but the uh, the ambassador to Libya. Darn it, I'm going to forget his name right now. Um, was drugged through the streets, killed. Um, and that's hence the whole Benghazi movie. We've probably seen the the made-for-TV movie with Tonto and all this. Uh, you know, and those guys are great, you know, heroes for, as far as I know. But basically, as the diplom- diplomats in Benghazi requested help, uh, they, the people on the ground there
0: the diplomats diplomats in benghazi first of all
1: benghazi's small. in libya
0: benghazi's in libya and the diplomats were american at the us embassy okay
1: the uh, embassy was overrun
0: by isis
1: by terrorists. no by yeah by by uh, unfriendly to americans uh People. basically yeah, I mean, it's terrorists is just too like bland, uh, bland of a flavor of a word. They're, uh, but these are
0: Americans at the American Embassy in Libya, and they are surrounded, and they call for help.
1: Multiple, multiple, multiple times. And then finally, um, against orders, this group of CIA uh, contractors that are a few miles away um, go to help even though they were told to stand down. Um, there were uh, special operations teams in Italy um, that were on the tarmac, loaded in planes, um, ready to move, and were there was an officer about an inch away from ending his career. He almost went anyways uh, because he's listening to the radio traffic. And he cannot, for the life of him, understand how we are not going to help a United States ambassador, an embassy, which is American... Soil. Soil. And when we grant somebody an embassy in our nation, in our country, it becomes their sovereign soil in that little compound. And that's the same way. That's internationally recognized and an American embassy was being overrun and
0: our ambassador was
1: eventually dragged through the streets. You know, like this was an absolute travesty, but make no mistake about it. That was the cleanup, the collateral damage of such a massively, um, what's the word, uh, vulnerable move because creating and arming ISIS, they knew what a big deal that was that they were doing. They knew that they were about to grab hold of a bull's tail and it could not go, it could not leak out to the New York Times
0: that that had that this created. happened.
1: It cannot happen. So those so who... So they
0: let those people die.
1: They made sure they died. Those people we were calling the terrorists, the people who showed up to overrun... Mm-hmm. That was probably a coordinated Absolutely. attack to destroy the embassy, and this and is on
0: Hillary's up. hands. She is our Secretary of State.
1: She was the Secretary making of State making these calls. She was literally listening to the I mean, traffic. The sec- the State Department, who who answers the State Department, or who, it, the ambassadors don't have any other numbers to call. They work for the United States State Department. Sure. When an embassy is attacked in any form, it, even like a, a, a suicide bomber, you know, just runs up to the gate, that is goes to the highest levels. This because is, it is
0: it's it's likened to Pearl Harbor. It's likened to an assault on our sovereign country. This is country.
1: An hours and hours and hours long siege.
0: Yeah, it where wasn't a quick for thing. Help
1: over and over and over again and been denied all forms of help in any form. Right up to and including the team of contractors, which was like eight guys. Like this is not like an army. They weren't even allowed to go help. Now they they disobeyed orders at a certain point when they realized these guys are toast if we don't go. It was too late. Yeah, But they didn't want to have to it's live with It's just so sad
0: because this is just not and this is just not the America of a generation ago. Like that would have just been no man left behind or two generations One would ago. hope. Gosh. But I mean,
1: we know that I mean, JFK was killed by that's in some former fashion a couple generations ago. It's a
0: whole nother podcast. Whole another
1: podcast, but yeah, I don't know. It's so human that's... beings have always been dirty. Uh the on the Benghazi front, it's uh yeah, how, the do, story we, of how Benghazi, do we get to the emails? The the important thing here that I really want the audience to hear that this need more people need to understand this is that the story and the even the publicized scandal of Benghazi is that did Hillary let our people die and not give them the help they needed, and it's left at that point. But the question, the journalist, the The seeker of truth goes well. Why is it worse than that? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Because here's the thing. Hillary knows how to wants to avoid a scandal when she can avoid a scandal. She's no, you know, she knows it's not easy to deal with those things. She would not have for no reason not send no help, right? It's an opportunity for her and the president she works for's administration to shine, you know, and protect the United States embassy. Um, And all the pieces were in place to do so. So why? And the reason why is because it was a planned part. It was the tail end, the completion of a mission. And that was the cleanup of what they had just done. And that embassy, so for those who don't know, real quick, embassies are also the hubs for our intelligence agency that is where the CIA works out of every uh, embassy has a room it's called a sniff and it's basically uh, I forget what it stands for but it's basically a secure room that nothing can be detected because we have some crazy stuff out there that can detect crazy things it's usually in the middle of the building it's got all sorts of stuff and it can tell if a bug has entered the room like it's it's Ultra secure. And the reason for that is because spies and informants come in and out of the intelligence community members that are being uh, debriefed or briefed going in or out. And that's all done in the embassy. So, I mean, that operation to move Libyan arms over to Syria, which, if you look at a map, Libya is just a little haul from the Syrian coast and you can either go straight you can go through Lebanon um, by land which has Hezbollah plenty of friendly forces there to ISIS or you can go through the Suez Canal right over to the Syrian coast it's not far but that is what they were doing and the Benghazi scandal is about the United States of America arming ISIS that happened
0: so how do we get to the emails Hillary's emails. Hillary's. I don't know that scandal. Essentially, as Secretary of State, she gives herself authority to have a private email that she handles state business in, that isn't traceable or trackable. And when she's discovered, she destroys them with a hammer in the basement.
1: (laughs) Her staff does.
0: Her. It's never Hillary.
1: It's never Hillary. and so here's an important thing to know. And again, this comes back to the deep state, the bureaucracy that protects itself and those who work for its greater good. Not your greater good, the deep state, the bureaucracy's greater good. But when, man, there's just so much to remember. When the Hillary emails investigation was being investigated by the Department of Justice, which is the almost the hub of the, the wheel of the deep state, uh, the state department worked out a deal that they, they would be a DOJ. The department of justice would be allowed to interview, um, Hillary's staff, which is like, excuse me, if you have an investigation of in the department of justice, you should, you invest, get to investigate who you whoever to. you need to investigate. But this is the thing. They, they, They made it sound like and did this as if like oh we have to like go through the proper channels Um, that's all for show and they said well we'll we'll let you interview whoever you need to interview but every one of those people will be given immunity and then they used that interviews those interviews to bring everyone through who had any dirt on their hands so the people who destroyed uh, Hillary's Laptops and cell phones in the basement of the uh, State Department, and that actually happened with hammers. It's all it's all written down in official federal court documents. Um, they were all given immunity, every single one of them, and interviewed. So it's this beautiful like, yeah, the story comes out, and no one can be held responsible. Which went in the the. In the spirit of justice, the whole point is that you get to the root and you cut it off, right? But that's not what happens. Do we know what were
0: in what were the emails about?
1: Part of it was, I believe,
0: Benghazi, Benghazi
1: was a big part of it, and yeah. it wasn't about Benghazi. It was about the cover up of it or the, ISIS. It yeah. was that we sent arms.
0: So, the, and amount. some of the the just ridiculous argument against this is, well, she's allowed to have an email. You know what? No, you're not allowed when you are. A st- Secretary of State to have a private email that has no accountability attached to it. Period. So not.
1: let's talk about that. Now this is going a little more into the hypothetical theory. Like I, pretty much everything I've said thus far um, is is accounted for. Now I'm now I'm hypothesizing with if you are involved in an American government. Operation, but it is covert, meaning it can't ha- exist. Yeah, Hillary had an, another email account, so that it wasn't linked to the State of course, Department. Of course, yes, exactly. but you're not
0: allowed. Like the the argument against this whole story is, well, she can have another email. That's not against the law. It's like, no, no, no.
1: Honestly, what I think is that it wasn't a personal account. It was a Secretary of State account. No, it was a. Um, An intelligence community account that was actually handled by an intelligent. And when you say intelligence community, what someone like me means is the deep state doing the dirty work for the system's greater good. And it was probably it. I'm not saying it was a. it. It was not a CIA account. It was an account helped managed by protected by. It was secure for what she was doing. But it was not, sure, the State Department's well, email. What she I mean was to, say, to be using.
0: I'm just only pointing out, sure. that that is what people dismiss this whole thing because they say she's allowed to have an email. No, you're not. That's one thing. Second of all, why the why the hammers and the destroying? If what on actual earth? Like, what I'm what I'm leading to is when she was running for president after this. This is a lot. For voters to just be able to dismiss or or not want to understand or feel fine about putting their vote next to this person you know like this is stuff i could never understand when people were like i i did not vote for donald trump in 2016 but there is no way in hell i could have ever voted for hillary clinton because of what we knew when she was in the white house under a different title like the way that she abused the power that she had already been given. And, you know, of course it was all about, but she's a woman, she could be the first woman president. I was like, y'all, again, and here we are 10 years later and we don't even talk about gender. Gender doesn't exist. The irony of that is just excellent. But she could actually do harm to women (laughs) by being the first female president. Like, I just could never see how that was so easily dismissed by people who supported Hillary. But let's jump to her campaign now and talk about this other missing piece. When she was not actually the most popular candidate, it was actually Bernie Sanders in 2016 that had more momentum and more excitement around it, more loyalty around him. And because Hillary had done such shady shade stuff, people were a little bit nervous about putting their name on her. But again, in the end, I remember having a conversation with someone who was a Bernie Sanders gal And she's like, yeah, I really was Bernie Sanders, but of course I'm going to vote for Hillary. I was like, okay. Again, it's this blue no matter who mentality. It's this idea of like, I'm just loyal to the party no matter who they put in that that position. Like watch that. That's what they want you to do. That's the behavior they've groomed you to have, right? And with Bernie Sanders and that campaign situation, again, and you can interject here and help me explain, but like... Essentially, she and her campaign was able to just squeeze him out, even though he was the more popular candidate to gain the candidacy herself. So what exactly happened with that?
1: Well, basically, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, filed a, a lawsuit, ended up dropping it. Because he got in line and towed the party line. To, well, he was going to um, be
0: suicided, probably. Well, He's I, 80-something. He was going to die of he, a heart attack.
1: Like, the left is so good at in that they'll cheat each other and then they'll still, like, rally together to... Against Trump. You know, whatever. Republicans
0: so Republicans are no better. Um, he
1: swallowed a huge pill. But basically, uh, red-handed, the DNC, Democratic National Committee, colluded against Bernie Sanders. Um There was... They basically conspired to hold his campaign back. They didn't give him uh, Democratic uh, voter rolls to reach out to. Um, Just basically, like, just nickel and dimed him at every corner they could just to hold his campaign back. When normally a nominee, not he wasn't nominee yet, Uh, a candidate would be given these things to earn the candidacy to earn the candidacy to reach the voters because the whole point of the um, primaries is to find out hey who has the best chance of garnering our party's vote right this, is that not the the I, idea of who
0: do the, the people primary? want
1: who do the people want well when you don't allow one of the candidates to to reach out and send mailers and call and you know do all these things and you do let the other one have those things that's obviously slanted right Well, this came out, and it was a huge black eye for um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, which is the DNC chairwoman at the time, and she's since been promoted, and, you know, I believe she's in the White House probably or something, but um, ironically, uh, the person in charge of some of that, that Seth, uh, he was murdered in a crosswalk, nothing was stolen Mm -hmm. from him, just attacked um, on the street, right? And in killed. in Washington D.C., walking home one night, and he coincidentally, because these things are just coincidences, um, was in charge of like the IT of the DNC. That would he held a lot of the knowledge and po- and access to the data um, that would prove these things, and this happened literally. In the midst of the scandal. Mm-hmm. So it's just...
0: And then Bernie dropped the lawsuit and Hillary got the candidacy and there we have it.
1: Pretty much. So
0: I say all these to put these big chunk and pieces together to go... this is This revelation about Hillary is so egregious, but it is nothing new. This woman has proved herself to be exactly who she is. So let us all open our eyes to this, but also let us be just... I mean shocked and like there needs to be more weight put on these things that these are just you know when again when we talk about the deep state we talk about like you know being a conspiracy theorist is just being a researcher that understands the way things work a little bit more than the average Joe who doesn't care and especially if it doesn't you know, bode well for the side that you typically like, be it the Republican or the Democrats. It's hard to hear this information. It's hard to, you don't want to go looking for it. You want it to not exist. You are quick to, you know, brush over and say this or that. And again, this is where identity politics comes in, where you now identify with this party. You identify with this candidate, this presidency. And this works very much on both sides. Democrats are very, this is a huge thing on the left, but there is no difference between them and the Trump crazy people, like that are just like Trump is, you know, he is my identity. I'm a Trump supporter that's next to my name. I'm like, have it in my Instagram handle, you know, like this is identity politics where I am so identified with this person that I can't even think something could be wrong or I will turn a blind eye. And
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's that they don't even pay attention. You don't even pay attention because. You just know that You're still any self-respecting him. woman votes blue. Any self-respecting person of color votes blue. Any you know non-binary votes blue, and you you become more of, uh, more ingrained in in that yeah. the identity of who and what is supposed to be voting for who and what, and you don't pay attention to All what
0: what's right in front of your face, yeah
1: actually doing and that goes really you can say that for both oh, uh, parties.
0: hundred percent just using that. yes
1: and for those of you who are reeling over such a outlandish i mean this very well could be the first time some people have heard that uh a a laid out course of how our united states government um created and armed isis uh if if you're just reeling from that like that can't be keep in mind This is from the same administration that just three years before that was sending guns purchased in America to the cartel in Mexico, which resulted in the death of... Patrol. One at least border patrol, but the shooting of three.
0: And what was the? Pr- they were trying to track the guns, like they did it as like the earth. That was the cover. Is. Well, well, we sent them because we were trying to see how they came through or something.
1: And and what was suspicious about this? And I don't want to go too far off on this, but is is that at the same time there were there were narratives in the media of how the cartel is using. American guns they use straw men to purchase guns and do that and like literally basically gun control should be more of a topic because the cartel uses gun American guns against the border and then literally the news drops that <laughs> our administration
0: sent the guns
1: thousands I can't remember if it was like 3000 or like 6000 but like thousands of guns were directly put in the hands of Mexican drug cartels by none other none other than the alcohol tobacco and firearms agency under the, under the obama administration so if they're willing or stupid enough to do that maybe we're not so crazy to think that they were willing and, and or stupid enough to create isis
0: Thanks for listening, guys. I know you're just dying to hear the end of this conversation and how Putin and Russia tie into any of this. So I am so happy to drop that episode tomorrow. So make sure you circle back and catch the end of this conversation. Thanks for checking it out, guys. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, we pray over Hillary. We pray over Hillary today, Lord. I just pray that you would remove the scales from her eyes, that you would lift whatever oppression is on her, whatever spirits are um, dwelling in, around within her, within her circle, within her world, Lord. I just pray that she would be saved. I know the power of one person's salvation. I feel like she is someone who would radically change the political climate if she were truly following you, Lord, and if you did a radical work in and or around her life, Lord. So we pray into that today, and we pray over Canada. We just pray for the protesters, for the police, that they would shift their perspective that they would have a heart for their people lord i pray over justin trudeau that his eyes would be open to what is happening and what he's doing lord we just need you we need you lord and we just pray that you would intervene that we would have true divine intervention in our land in your son's name we pray amen